Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Ellen Becker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building. And we're also in the Village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, right across from my favorite store, Winkies. We also service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. Visit ellenbecker.com for more details. I have to share, I felt honored to uh, ask to host today's show. Um, I love educating clients. I love educating people on the, the radio show. And I hope today's conversation touches your world and uh, you walk away with uh, some added knowledge. And with that, I'm going to share our guest today is Diane Gastro. And I have to say, I heard there's a rumor. And we've got big news, a big announcement to share on the show today. Do you want to share with everybody what that announcement is? Well, Jean, I have to tell you that after a long career in insurance planning, I'm retiring effective March 31st of this year. That is fabulous. Congratulations. And I'd be uh, amiss if I didn't tell you that sitting across from Diane, I can tell this is a big moment. And, you know, we help individuals in so many ways prepare for life events, and retirement is one of them. And it's very easy for us to have these conversations um, for our clients and our family members, Um, but the minute it touches us personally, it takes on a different level. So um, this is an emotional time for everybody at the firm, including Diane, and um, Emotional in the sense that it's change, it's a good change, and we as humans don't like change, do we? Not at all, Jean. Yeah, so we see it as an adventure, um, but we're also, uh, we like the known, and so um, I got to say congratulations, and it's going to be great for you, and Diane's got this beautiful little granddaughter, and she's got two beautiful daughters and a great husband. So you've got quite a few adventures uh, ahead of you. And I hope you keep in touch with us, and uh, as I'm sure we will keep in touch. But we'd love to hear what you have going on and uh, in your new adventure. Thank you, Jane. It's going to be an adventure. I'm looking forward to it. But like you said, saying goodbye to where I've been is really very emotional for me. Yeah, and you know, it has something huge to say about the firm, Ellen Becker Investment Group. Um, any, If you're listening and you're a client, you probably get the sense of family. And if you're listening on the uh, show today and you're not a client, I have to share, we have a very unique culture and environment here um, for our employees as well as our clients. And we see everybody as family. And... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about insurance, but Diane, you can probably relate when you're sitting across the table from a client talking about insurance and the different phases of life that they're in and the different 
insurance um, strategies or solutions that we might be discussing, you can see them as family members um, and you would convey the same information as if you were sitting across the table from an aunt, a sister, a child, um, when you're working with our clients. I can say, Jean, that I have said that to our clients more than once. I would recommend this to my sister. If I was talking to my mother, this is exactly the direction I'd go and why. And it's such a great feeling to be able to help people because I've never earned commission since I walked in the door. So I could just give meaningful, helpful advice and help people make informed decisions and manage insurance where they are at that stage in their life. And what a blessing. Mm -hmm. And um, so, well, we look forward to hearing uh, what's going on in your world. And obviously, our door is always open. And uh, we welcome to hear the adventures. So thanks for sharing your big news. Yay! Absolutely. Thanks, Jean. All right. Well, let's get into our topic. And... um, I want to talk about all those families that you touched. And uh, one thing that's unique about our offices is in every conference room, we, we sit at dining room tables. And that's because most financial decisions are made around the kitchen table, right? So um, share with me, as we're having these conversations, let's look back at the different phases of life. And when you're dealing or working with a a new family, a young couple, they're just starting to grow their families, um, their insurance needs are very different than somebody who's in a different phase of life. Let's talk a little bit about um, that young family and what insurance needs they may or may not have. Well, Jean, one thing I can share is that all of the work I do, no matter the age and the stage that people are in, I've been there, and I've made a lot of these decisions for me and my husband and our family. So when we had a young family, we had a financial, we relied heavily on our income and our finances. So we had life insurance, term life insurance, because we could buy a lot of insurance for a modest price. Because the death of either one of us would have had a significant impact on the surviving spouse as well as for the kids. So we wanted to make certain if something happened to me, there was money for Mike to cover the mortgage, pay off the student loan debt, make certain there was money available to allow him to continue working but take care of the house and the kids. We also wanted to continue saving for retirement and saving for college. If I was no longer there to help with that, a lot more would be dependent on Mike's income, and that would be at a time that he was severely stressed because he lost his wife and was trying to rebuild a home for him and his two daughters. So I really recommend significant amounts of term life insurance to young families. People think it's going to cost a lot of money. Subject to health, it can be very affordable. So when you say significant amounts of insurance, let's talk about that. So um, how do you determine how much um, term insurance that you need? We have a worksheet that we can have people fill out basically saying, okay, what do you have currently? So what do you have in savings? How much equity do you have in your home? Things like that. How much income are you making? How far along the retirement planning road are you as far as savings? How many kids do you have? And then we you know, look at what do you need versus what do you have, and that comes up with a, an amount. 
because you may want to replace your income for a number of years to support the family, and we put multipliers on there. But a real, real rough rule of thumb is any place from 10 to 20 times your income. So 10 to 20 times your income, you're right, that can be significant. And I know um, I'm just looking for an average cost. When we talk about how um, inexpensive term insurance can be, it's inexpensive because it's for a specific term. So what we're talking about is you could buy coverage for a 10-year term, a 15-year term, a 20-year or 25-year term. Or even 30-year term. And now there's even 40-year terms. Wow, there's 40-year terms. So if I was 20 years old, I'd have that same policy until I'm 60 years old. Correct. And it would be fairly inexpensive because I'm paying those premiums over that period of time. Talk to me about um, the number of uh, term policies that are ever paid out. It's so inexpensive because very few are paid out. Do you know about what the percentage is on those term policies? If I recall correctly, it's around 5% or less of all term life insurance policies pay a death benefit. Okay, and that's good to know because then people aren't um, cashing in on those policies. But I'll share with you a few clients that I have worked with um, where there was an unexpected um, death. They are very grateful that they had the insurance coverage because it helped them through that stressful time. Absolutely, Jane. So, um, you know, one thing I want to tap into um, before we go to the next segment, um, and we opened up this segment with the announcement of your retirement. And if uh, I started thinking, if you're a client out there and you're wondering, oh my goodness, how are we going to service those clients at Ellen Becker Investment Group with this uh, insurance conversation? Because Insurance is part of somebody's overall financial plan. It's a way we mitigate risk. It's um, a way we help our clients um, find solutions to some of the concerns or challenges they have. Can you give our listeners a little insight of what that might look like after March 31st, uh, or I should say on April 1st? Um, And this won't be an April Fool's joke, um, but on April 1st, what do you think insurance is going to look like at Ellen Becker Investment Group? First and foremost, Jean, all of our advisors have been educated in insurance as part of their uh, designation as a financial planner. So they understand the basics of the reason for life insurance, the reason for disability insurance, the types of insurance, how to fund them. But we have had a long partnership with some outside insurance specialists. And rather than having someone in-house on the Ellen Becker payroll, per se, as your insurance partner, we are now going to rely on specialists outside of the firm, a number of different people that we have relationships with that have extensive knowledge and resources in the insurance industry. So it will be very seamless to the clients. It's just going to be a different face instead of mine. Well, thanks for clearing up that uh, concern if anybody had it out there. So we're going to take a a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. With that, let's take a break. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Our conversation today is on insurance. And if you're sitting back there today going or asking yourself, do I have enough insurance? Do I have too much insurance? 
What kind of insurance do I have? Give us a call at 262-691-3200. I'm also going to invite everybody to visit our website at ellenbecker.com. We have a, a huge amount of tools and resources, and we also have a list of our educational events that are coming up um, on site or via Zoom. So with that, let's continue our conversation. And our goal today is to walk through the life phases of a typical couple or individual. And um, we talked about the benefits of term insurance when you have that young family. So in the event uh, there's an untimely death, it's very cost-effective way of um, having some life insurance. But we also want to talk about disability insurance. Now, when anybody gets um, a new position or a new um, employer, they always go through their benefit package and their short-term disability. And so we're going to talk about disability income because what happens if you didn't die, but um, you are not able to work? So um, there's a difference between employer-provided short-term disability and buying disability insurance. Let's talk about that. And let's think a little bit about why do you buy disability income insurance, or DI as we call it. Because if you're unable to work due to an illness or an injury, you're unable to earn an income. So we buy this insurance to protect the ability to have cash flow coming into our home to pay our bills. That could be the mortgage, could be the groceries, the cable bill, the cell phone bill, whatever it might be. We're relying on our income to provide that. So whether it's short-term disability, like you mentioned, that's temporary. Usually it's going to be any place from 30 days to 180 days. You're unable to work. Very often your employer provides a portion of your income, lots of time up to about 60% is a real rough guideline. And you would continue to get 60% of your income even if you're not working. But because your employer paid for the policy, you still pay taxes on that income. And that income might only last for how long? It could be anything from 30 to 180 days, typically. Okay, so not in uh, forever and ever and ever. That's correct. And there are employer-sponsored plans that pay out until your age 65 or normal retirement age, Social Security normal retirement age. And that's called long-term disability income insurance. Some employers provide it, some do not. Again, any benefits you get from those policies are going to be taxable as ordinary income. The other thing is, is as you are a higher income earner, the percentage of your income that is replaced by this insurance is smaller. So if you're earning a more modest or mid-income range, you might get 60% less the income taxes. But if you're making a high income, you know, 250, 300,000, your insurance isn't going to give you a 60% payout on that because the insurance companies want to incentivize you to get better and go back to work. If you're making too much not working, some people are going to choose not to work. Understand that. So um, when you think about this, it's almost as if you want to protect that income when you're young and you're starting your career and you're building all these financial commitments. So we have our clients um, talk about disability income. Now, when you buy a private policy, that is not taxable income to you, correct? That's correct. When we talk with our clients, we look at what benefits they may have available through their employer, and we compare that to their budget. 
could they live on this reduced income for an extended period of time? If not, we will very often layer on top of that some individual life insurance. You can buy it as supplemental coverage through your employer, potentially, or just a personally owned policy on yourself. And anything you buy that is supplemental like that, you're paying for with after-tax dollars. So then the income comes to you income tax-free. So we talked about the employer plan providing short-term disability income. That might be 30 days to 180 days, for example. How long would a private disability income policy uh, provide income for? You can design it to provide income for two years, five years, to age 65, to age 67. So again, depending upon your circumstances and the affordability of the policy, because we have to balance that in all the insurance we do. Yes, you might need a huge policy, but maybe you can't afford the premiums. So how do we adjust the benefits so it becomes affordable to you and your cash flow? Most disabilities do not last beyond five years. So sometimes we dial down the benefit period on the supplemental plan to five years. Other disabilities could last for lifetime, so if you can afford to have the coverage to 65 or 67, that's good, but I'd rather have you get some coverage that's affordable than not buy anything because it's too expensive. Those are some good points to consider. I'm going to shift gears unless you want to add something uh, additional to the disability income conversation. There is one other thought that occurred to me, Jean. The employer-sponsored benefits, very often they are offset. So if you qualify for Social Security disability income, every dollar you receive from Social Security is reduced and deducted from your um, employer-sponsored benefits with most plans. So you don't get to quote-unquote double dip. So that's where that additional personally owned policy on top can become crucial because the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States is health care. That is interesting. So if you're listening to the program right now and you're wondering, all right, what would happen if I didn't die but I wasn't able to work? Let's have a conversation. And again, give us a call at 262-691-3200. I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I want to talk about permanent life insurance. Um, I meet with uh, numerous clients, and oftentimes they're not even sure what type of life insurance policies they have. And um, they don't know if it's whole life or universal life. Um, Talk to us when we're talking about permanent life insurance, which is different than term. So term is for a specific period of time. Permanent life insurance is expected to be there for your entire life. Can you share with our listeners today what's the difference between whole life and universal life? The two policies, like you said, Jean, are both permanent life insurance. Typically, a universal life insurance policy is going to have a lower premium than a whole life policy. And whenever you're paying less for something, you always think, well, what am I giving up? With the universal life policy, you have more flexibility of when you pay the premiums and things such as that. Sometimes you're taking on more policy, I'll just call it performance risk, that maybe it won't have the cash value that you expected, or maybe the life insurance policy will not last as long. You think it's going to be there till you're age 120, but if you really paid attention, maybe it's only going to be there till you're 90. So those actually talk about insurance reviews. 
which we'll touch on in a minute, but whole life insurance is much more focused on guarantees. Guaranteed premium, guaranteed death benefit, guaranteed cash value. But for those guarantees, you're paying a much higher premium. So I'm going to talk about my personal experience. I had a universal life policy. I bought it when we were first married, so we were truly adulting. So I'll never forget when the insurance uh, sales representative came to our house and sat at our kitchen table. And we bought a $150,000 death benefit. Um, and I, I still remember the premiums, $85 a quarter for me, $125 a quarter for my husband. And we were told that premium would be level for the rest of our life and we would have that policy forever and ever and ever. Well, um, as I became educated on the insurance topic and became an employee of Ella Becker, Diane Gastrow did a little in-force illustration on my policy and what did we learn? We learned that it was set to expire at age 67. So I was in total shock. And coincidentally, the same week I found out my insurance, if I, if I maintained the level premiums that I was paying, um, would expire. There was an article in the newspaper about a elderly woman who paid premiums forever and ever and ever, and there was no longer a policy at her death because the policy was not able to support itself with the premium she was paying. So this was a shock to me. So um, do you want to share a little bit on the importance of providing or uh, researching in-force illustrations and what that means? And Jean, what I would say is that insurance is a relatively complex financial vehicle. It is not buy a policy, pay the premium, and let it ride. Term life insurance is simple. Permanent life insurance has some moving parts. And so we have to look at it every, I, I usually recommend every three to five years, go to the writing insurance company and order what's called an in-force illustration. It's a point in time snapshot of where's your policy today, assuming the world of finances stay the same for the rest of your life, what's guaranteed to happen to that policy, and what's projected to happen to that policy. Understanding the difference between what's guaranteed and what's projected is risk that you might be taking on. I'll call it performance risk. And because there is that discrepancy between guarantees and projections, we have to continually monitor it. I'll say in my time here at the firm, we have been very conservative in how we design policies because we don't want people to be in their later years and get that unexpected and unpleasant realization that, oh my gosh, my life insurance is going to expire before I do. So it's a real important discipline, and it helps remind you of why you're paying those premiums. Because it gets really old to pay those premiums year after year after year. I know, because I'm paying some of my own. But I keep in mind, how is the policy working, and what are my objectives for that policy? Is it still consistent as part of my financial plan and picture? If the world changed, if we won the lottery, maybe it wouldn't be so important. But as it stands right now, maintaining that policy and making certain that it's working, just like your retirement savings. You advisors are always doing check-ins with the clients saying, okay, you're on track for this. If we have this kind of inflation or we have this kind of rates of return, you should be okay spending X amount a month. You do check-ins. You see where you're at today and what it looks like moving forward. We do the same things with the life insurance. 
Well, if you're out there and you're wondering if your policy is going to be enforced for the remainder of your life, um, give us a call or reach out to your insurance uh, advisor because it is so important. Like I said, I was shocked uh, when I realized based on my premiums that policy would expire. We're going to take a brief uh, break. We're going to get back and uh, continue through the phases of life and the different types of insurance. And um, we hope you're gathering a couple nuggets of information or we've stirred some thought. With that, let's take a break. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. We're having a great conversation with Diane Gastrell from Ellen Becker Investment Group. Um, and we're talking about life insurance and the phases uh, of life and the different ways insurance um, can be um, a solution or a strategy based on the phase of life that you're in. So with that said, we were talking a little bit about um, permanent life insurance and disability and I know you wanted to add a couple more thoughts. What I would say, Jean, is you mentioned it, the phase of life you're in. We started the program saying you need a significant amount of term life insurance. As you're getting closer to retirement, maybe you don't have as much debt. Maybe your kids have already gotten all their college funding taken care of. Your retirement savings is much richer than it was you know, 25, 30 years ago when you were starting out. So maybe you don't need as much life insurance. If your health has changed and you're no longer insurable, check your term life policy. Maybe it's convertible to permanent life insurance, something you can keep with you for the rest of your years. And then you might be, well, why would I need permanent life insurance if I've already paid off all of those debts? Or I've gotten you know, the retirement savings bank full. Well, let's think about what would you want to have happen financially at your death. My husband and I bought some permanent life insurance so that if one of us passed away, there's something to just put a little bit of an extra blanket of protection around the surviving spouse's retirement. A little bit of extra money coming into the portfolio so that they know they're okay moving into their, the rest of their retirement years. And we also want to leave a little something for our kids. By the time the second of us passes away, but the kids will probably be close to retirement, right? But we still want to leave something. So if we enjoy our retirement savings for the reasons we saved it, you know, going on vacation, going out to dinner, enjoying some fine wine, all those things that I enjoy, we want to make certain there's something left for the kids. So permanent life insurance can take care of the kids after we're gone. We'll give them that small legacy once we go. And, you know, I want, I want to add to that. So at, at the death of um, a spouse, what people often forget about is the surviving spouse is just going to maintain one Social Security income, the higher. So um, sometimes life insurance is important to replace that Social Security that disappears. Or maybe they chose a reduced pension, survivor pension benefit. So we look at insurance, um, trying to meet the needs of that. And I also want to share, um, I've got a couple clients that are building retirement homes where there's a mortgage. And um, I always make certain at that point that they have some term insurance for the term of that mortgage. So in the event that there's an untimely death, that mortgage is paid for. 
So um, insurance and even term insurance comes into play um, in your 50s and 60s, again, if you're building that second home and have a mortgage. Jean, those are good points, and it's also a great example of how I look at insurance for what it does from a death benefit payout. You look at it for what it does as part of a financial plan, which goes back to why Ellen Becker initially really decided to focus on using insurance planning as a component of the total financial plan. All right, good point, and that's exactly why we do what we do. Um, let's uh, continue through the phase of life, and now let's say we're nearing retirement. And I'm going to share my parents' story um, uh, to introduce this topic. So my parents had long-term care insurance, and I always tell my clients it was the best investment my dad made, the worst investment my mother made. And the reason being is they had traditional long-term care, which was use it or lose it, meaning they pay these premiums hoping to never use it, kind of like your auto and home insurance. You just want the peace of mind knowing you have this coverage. So my mom unfortunately passed away before she could use any of the benefit. On the flip side, my father's long-term care insurance helps support his lifestyle at a very nice assisted living facility for over 10 years. So um, my husband uh, finally asked me, do we have that insurance your dad has? So I'm a firm believer in long-term care because I saw it work within my family. And I did end up um, purchasing long-term care insurance. And I often look at it as the last piece to the puzzle. The puzzle of putting your financial um, orders um, together, ready to launch into that retirement. Um, when you think about it, that's your last big financial concern is what happens if I need assisted living? What happens if I need memory care unit? What does that look like? And as much as everybody says to me, oh, I'm at that point, I won't care where I am, or, um, you know, they'll say something kind of um, quirky, I'll say, uh, where they won't need that coverage. Everybody wants to have a decision or play a role in where they go for their long-term care in their last days. So let's talk a little bit about long-term care and um, what it covers and how it works and the three different types of long-term care planning that you can provide. Jean, one of the things that we do with our clients as they're <clears throat> nearing retirement, like you said, as part of that final retirement puzzle piece, is we talk about what happens if there's a need for long-term care. Services that you require because of either illness or aging or maybe a stroke, something like that, or an accident, so you can no longer perform activities of daily living. You can't care for yourself anymore. So you have to hire somebody to come in potentially. We want people to understand who needs care, how long is the typical cost of care, or time of care, how much does it cost, things such as that. And then have a discussion. Have a discussion with your partner. Have a discussion with your family. You don't need to buy insurance necessarily but have a plan and get your wishes outlined. Think about it. It's not a fun conversation, but it's an important conversation. My husband and I also own long-term care insurance, and he always says, yeah, she wants to stick me in a home. And I say, well, no, I want you to have good quality care, 
and I'm not strong enough to lift you up today. How would I be strong enough to lift you up, add another 10 years on me and another 10 years on him? Wouldn't be able to lift him up then either. I don't want to be that physical burden on my kids or potentially my granddaughter. I don't want to be a financial burden. So that's why we decided to buy long-term care insurance. Long-term care insurance pays for care that you receive, whether it's in your home, an assisted living facility, an adult daycare facility, a nursing home, a memory care unit, hospice care. It's your custodial care, getting assistance with activities of daily living, bathing, dressing, eating, transferring, meaning getting up from your bed and going to the bathroom, whatever it might be, toileting, meaning actually using the toileting facilities, incontinence, maintaining continence. So if you need assistance with two of six or you have a severe cognitive concern, your long-term care insurance policy is going to pay for care to assist you with those activities. So who actually determines, um, other than your spouse or partner, that you can't do two out of the six activities of daily living? It's going to be your your uh, um, health care provider. Okay. So it could be your doctor, it could be a nurse practitioner, whoever you work with. And they need to certify that you can no longer do two of the six activities of daily living or that you have a cognitive impairment. And they have to confirm that you're going to need it for a period of 90 days or longer. All right. So, you know, and hopefully I and my husband will talk about different facilities and our goals before we're at the point of getting that um, physician's uh, review because we want to know where you're going as far as what type of location, what the environment is like. Um, do you ever encourage people in their late 70s, early 80s to start touring uh, different senior living communities? I have it in sort of a general conversation. I know Karen Ellenbecker has been a big advocate for encouraging that. I haven't spent as much time on that end of the conversation as I have on the front end of when should we buy long-term care insurance. And I always say, you know, look at your cash flow. When do you have extra cash flow that isn't already committed? As long as you're still healthy, that's the time to buy it because when you're younger, it costs less. The older you get, it's more expensive just because of your age, but there's a greater possibility that you could have a deterioration in health. So let's talk about the three different ways of buying long-term care now. I've already kind of explained traditional long-term care when I referenced my parents where you pay the premiums, the premiums are not guaranteed to remain level, and you will continue paying those till you're in an um, uh, active policy or you've died. And um, so that's one way, and it's traditional long-term care insurance. And the, we could get into the weeds, but my goal is to, um, at a high level, talk about the two other ways that you can buy coverage. Another way is life insurance with a long-term care rider. Do you want to share with our listeners what that looks like? So basically, you're buying a permanent life insurance policy. It could be for 100000 It could be for a million. Any place in between. But you're buying a life insurance first and foremost because when you die, somebody will get the death benefit. But what's unique about these policies is you pay a little bit extra for a rider that allows you to spend your death benefit while you're alive to pay for care. So let's use that. $500,000 policy. If I had a $500,000 policy and I was able to spend $10,000 a month 
of that death benefit for care. If I spent $50,000 on care and then died, my surviving beneficiary would get $450,000. One way or another, somebody gets that entire $500,000. So it's life insurance that you don't have to die to use. Perfect. The last way before we, we break, I want to talk about the hybrid. And um, this is a policy that I bought, so I believe in it. And um, share with our listeners a little bit on how this policy works. The hybrid is typically going to be paid out, the premiums paid over one to 10 years. So you need to have available some after-tax dollars to pay for this. You're going to pay the premiums, and if you die, basically you get your money back. Somebody gets the premiums back, so it's not that use it or lose it, like you talked about with the traditional long-term care. But if you need care, you have tremendous leverage on those premium dollars to benefits that are available for care. And again, any of these policies will pay for care in your home, nursing home, memory care, it doesn't matter where. But the leverage that is provided by that premium is what makes it nice. And then there's an inflationary increase rider on that policy as well as on the traditional long-term care. So your benefits can grow to keep up with the cost of care. So I'm gonna share before we take a break, the reason I was attracted to the hybrid, um, for all the reasons Diane said, is when I was making those premium payments, I never felt like I was spending the money. I was earmarking those dollars for long-term care uh, because I knew if I died when I was 92 and never needed long-term care, what a blessing. But somebody would get my premiums back. They didn't grow, um, but I wasn't using that money for investments. I was really earmarking that towards long-term care bills. So, or I should say long-term care um, needs. So with that, let's take a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to close our conversation out, but I kind of want to pull everything together. And again, if you're wondering if you need to have this conversation, give us a call at 262-691-3200. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Allen Becker Investment Group. And we are blessed to have this great conversation with Diane Gastro. And during the break, Diane and I were saying, throughout this conversation, we have really tried to communicate the different phases of life when you start off and you're newly married or fresh college grad, kind of setting the foundation, walking through the different phases. Give our listeners... Diane, some final thoughts on uh, what insurance meant to you and your family. Jean, we had talked about term life insurance protecting your family with big amounts of coverage for a moderate cost. We talked about disability income insurance protecting your ability to bring home that paycheck. Then we spoke about transitioning to maybe do we need to look at permanent life insurance for different needs for refilling the retirement bucket if you predecease your spouse or leaving a legacy for your family or loved ones. Then we talked about long-term care insurance. That protects your retirement bucket. And what's sort of fun is I've gotten to work with our clients on all of those things, including buying those same policies for my husband and me. It's been such an honor to have this role here at the firm. I truly believe in the products and what they can do to make a difference. You and I have both experienced 
where the insurance products we've helped our clients buy has made a difference in their lives, has saved their family, saved their home. So I'm excited that I've had this opportunity to work with our clients to help them do what's important for them in their planning. Although I will say that I'm retiring and my husband isn't yet, so <laughs> I'm very appreciative that he's willing to keep working um, you know, as we move forward. Well, and it's interesting uh, because you lived the life that you shared with our clients during these last numerous years of working directly one-on-one -on -one with our clients. You walked the talk. Absolutely, and this is the last time I'll be on the radio program as the Director of Insurance Planning. I, it's um, been a wonderful journey, and I'm getting emotional again. Um, I've loved working here. I love working with our clients. And I really, truly believe in what we do. If you have the right insurance with the right financial plan, the right cost, for the right reasons, insurance is a great tool. Well, I think when new clients come in and we start talking insurance, sometimes they um, look at us out of curiosity. And I always say, does everybody buy insurance? No. People who see the value and can afford it, they see how it works within their plan and they move forward. So it's always great just providing that education to help our clients make that informed decision. And it's great to do it within the context of a financial plan. So you're not, you as the advisor are not relying on commission sales. You're relying on doing the right thing for your clients, which is what makes me love working for EIG. And after I retire, I'll still be working with EIG as my financial planning firm. We feel honored, so we still will see you in the office, which is great. Um, so if you know Diane and you want to give her a shout-out, give her a call uh, before she uh, puts the out-of-office on permanently. And uh, again, we feel honored that you were part of our team here, part of our family, and I'm glad that that's going to continue. Um, as I mentioned this, I can see Diane's getting more emotional, so I'm not going to make her talk uh, anymore, but again, um, this is exactly why I chose the firm, too, um, when I um, moved and journeyed throughout my career. It's just, it's an honor to work with an organization that sees our clients as family and sees employees as family. With that, I want to share, if you're sitting back and you have any insurance questions that you'd like us to address, definitely give us a call. Um, it'll be very beneficial to walk through this conversation with you. Another thing I want to remind everybody is check out our website. There's some interesting seminars that we're going to be hosting in the coming days and weeks, so maybe you're interested in joining that. Jean, I would like to add real quickly that leaving EIG retiring is so exciting for me because I get to go into that next phase of my future, but it is so bittersweet because I've really enjoyed being here. And I can share Diane's got a smile and a twinkle of a tear in her eye as she's saying this. So I'm not going to make her talk anymore, but we are so blessed that you're going to still be around our offices as a client. Um, we're going to still connect with you. Um, so what a blessing. Well, with that, I hope you've all learned something today. Um, 
I'm going to share Money Sense errors every Saturday from 2 to 3 and on Sundays from 12 to 1. If you liked today's show and you want to learn more, please visit us at www.ellenbecker.com or give us a call at 262-691-3200. As always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Be well and congratulations, Diane. Enjoy your retirement.